What's up, everybody, and aloha. Thank you so much for joining me in for another episode of my podcast, A Hawaiian. Uh, my name is Kalei 2K. I'm your host for today and basically your host all the time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as you can see, it's just me, this microphone, my beautiful Hawaiian flag behind me. And um, like I've said before in multiple podcasts, uh, I like doing this. This is kind of my therapy session where I can kind of just vent everything out and uh share my perspective on life, especially being a Polynesian, a Hawaiian, uh, living in a new place that I didn't, you know, grow up at. But anyways, skip through that. Let's get right to it. Um, before I start in the actual episode, uh, I just wanted to go over, I guess, some past episode comments or, you know, some advice that other viewers and listeners have shared with me about, you know, you know, questions that I ask. And this is what I love. I love I I enjoy reading comments, um, seeing other people's perspective or how their life has, you know, some of the questions I ask, what their life story was in that situation. So anyway, um, in a previous episode, I shared about my experience, you know, moving to Utah, leaving Hawaii and moving here, kind of how I felt about, you know, the people driving out here is crazy. People out here don't know how to drive correctly. Um, Sometimes people mistaken me for, you know, a different culture, a different Polynesian. I'm Hawaiian. I'm not Samoan. I'm not Tongan. I'm not Fijian. I'm not Tokelauan. I'm definitely not Micronesian. You know, so all these different things that people kind of just assume out here because they don't know. And even lifestyle alone. And so um, I kind of talked about that and a comment came back um, and this gentleman kind of shared his story with me. And so basically in his own experience, when he first moved up to up here to Utah, he no longer lives here. But uh, when he first moved up here to Utah, he was, you know, some of the people he hung out with were really nice. Some of them, you know, different cultures, right? So Hawaiian style, born and raised in Hawaii. This gentleman was born and raised in Hawaii. Moved up here to Utah, made some friends that were, you know, white or black or whatever, some Polynesians, whatever it may be. And for a while, everything was all cool. And then... Um, he shared an experience where some people, some of his friends who he thought were friends, I'm not sure if they're still friends, but who he considered friends would come to his place, grab food from his, his household, his refrigerator, his, his cabinets, whatever, and just make it like it was their own home and not offer him something and it's, and not be, not have some sort of courtesy or some sort of manners, you know, and to him, that's like, okay, like, what is this, you know, and it, it frustrated him because, you know, growing up in Hawaii, you don't do that, you don't just go into somebody's house, yeah, you're good friends or whatever, but you don't just make yourself food and then expect, you know, don't even offer the host something that you're going to make or whatever, you know, and it's not about the food, that was the thing he wanted to point out, it wasn't about the food or this person taking food from him, it was more so along the lines of, hey, what the heck is going on, like, Where's the manners behind this, you know? Like, he wouldn't go into somebody else's house, whether it's his friend or even his grandma's house, probably, and just be like, oh, I'm just going to go make food for myself, you know, or without saying, hey, grandma, do you want something? Or, hey, bro, do you want something, you know? Is it okay if I get something to eat? You know, do you want anything? Do you want a glass of water or something? You know, so he kind of pointed that out, that that was so strange to him. And so when I um, 
when I responded to him, and I try to do this to most comments, um, if I if I have the time and if I can, I'll try and respond to them as as quickly as possible. Um, I shared with him. I said, you know, it's it's the demeanor that we carry coming from the islands. Um, we carry the Aloha spirit with us, especially from Hawaii. You know, you're raised a certain way. You're, you're raised to respect. You're raised to be friendly. You're raised to be loving. Um, and so I shared with him and said, that's just how we're raised. We we walk around with this Aloha spirit. It's, it can be very attractive at times. And it can be very misleading at times because, you know, we're, we're trying to be easygoing people, especially living in a habitat that we're, I'm going to say habitat because that's just what it feels like, habitat that we're not used to. Um but when people find that so attractive, but they don't understand like what it is or how to how to uh, have that same aloha spirit for themselves, and so in a way, as us coming from Hawaii, we need to teach them that that hey, bro, you gotta be respectful. You can't just walk into somebody's house, take their food, and not even talk to them or say or ask. You know that there's a certain there's a certain boundary line that. You know, people from other cultures. I'm not just saying white people. I'm saying like people from different cultures. There's a thin line that goes from that just needs to be respected. You know, it's a, it's a line of respect. It's not necessarily drawn in the sand. It can't very well be seen, but there's a feel to it. You know, we go off a of feeling. A lot of people from Hawaii, born and raised there, they go off a of feeling. Feels good, feels bad, just whatever makes you feel uncomfortable. But in a way, it's also tough for us living out here in a in a different habitat because it feels like we gotta raise somebody else's kid the right way. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyways, I talked with this gentleman. We had a good, you know, had a good conversation, and, and I understand. You know, I definitely understand where that's coming from, and it just takes us some time. You know, we gotta share the aloha spirit wherever we go. You know, that's why when I end my podcast, I always say spread aloha, not hate. So eventually, along the line, everybody needs it. Everybody needs this aloha spirit. Everybody needs to get some of it and understand how they can, you know, take that seed in, grow it, and then share it with other people. But anyways, thanks, bro, for the comment. Uh, let's get right to it. Okay. Starting off with this Mana'a moment. So um, I've been mentioning that my family and I went, were planning to go on our Disney World vacation, and we finally did. It was long. It was great. Uh, we just came back not too long ago. And um, I know there's a lot to go through. I'm not going to waste everybody's time. We're not going to go through everything. But I'm just going to share some few notes um, and some of the days. So, so, of course, there's multiple parks. So when we first landed, um, back up a little bit. So before we even flew out, maybe a couple of days before, my girls were just excited, happy. They're willing to just get things done. They were, you know, excited to just to go, to just leave, to get out of this place, to go and have fun. Um, because they've been, they've known about it since Christmas because we promised them like, Hey, do you want to go to Disney world? Do you guys want to go see Mickey mouse or do you guys want more gifts? And they're like, Oh, let's go see Mickey mouse. We say, okay, you gotta wait. Yada, 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 fast forward. So days before we flew out, our girls are just excited, which means they're up asking us, when are we leaving? They can't sleep. We get on the plane ride. You know, we finally get on the plane ride to fly over, um, they're half awake, half asleep, half awake, half asleep. We get to Florida, um, and thankfully my wife and our friends helped us book it. So it's just shuttles, right? We don't have to get a car. We shuttle to the hotel, Disney Resort that we're staying at, and we drop our things off. We shuttle to Magic Kingdom, and my girls are just, 
That's just basically what they look like. And so they're just fully excited, of course. They're they're happy to be there. They're they're just looking at everything. Oh my gosh, the carousel. Uh, we got to, watching Mickey Mouse and his friends perform. Like they're just fully excited. It is hot in Florida, okay? We forgot about humidity. We forgot what that feels like, what that tastes like. Oh, Lord Jesus. But um, not even halfway through the day, we're all, <laughs> my girls are just, Dad, Dad, I'm so tired. Dad, I'm so tired. And they just crash out. And I'm not going to lie, I was exhausted too. So we ended up. Packing things in, not staying for the whole time, going back to the hotel and just sleeping. When our hotel room was ready, we all went back, including our friends, and just crashed. So that was basically the most expensive nap I've ever had to pay for. Flight included. Let me put that in there. So the most expensive nap I've ever had to pay for, it was, but it was worth it. You know, our girls were just so excited. They, it was almost like they had like a, a minor stroke from just being, just the excitement. And then all that stress finally was relieved when they got there. So they're like, <gasps> and they just passed out, you know. <laughs> but we, we, we slept pretty much the first day we got there. Second day we got there, we start, we hit Magic Kingdom again. Went crazy at it. Girls got to ride the carousel. Um... They, like they said, they got to see Mickey Mouse. They got to see a lot of the characters. Just watching the joy fill in them was amazing. Uh, the best ride that we that I could share is uh, we went on the teacup ride. I know it's very simple, very you know childish ride, but the fact that all three of my girls were able to sit with me and just watching their joy fill their face, fill their smiles, and it was late at night too, and they're just like trooping through this whole thing. Um, but watching them smile that much was amazing to me. Um, in Hollywood studios, when we did that, we quickly rushed to go watch, to do watch, to do the Mickey runaway train, uh, which was crazy fun. It was pretty cool because the train split apart each little, um, I guess section of the train, uh, did their own simultaneous, um, part of the roller coaster ride, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, we went to Toy Story Land, and we did the Toy Story Mania, which is like a shooting game, which I thought was pretty cool. My daughters love that. Um, and then uh, we also did the Alien Swirling Saucer, which is kind of like the teacups. That was pretty awesome. Lines were kind of long standing out there in the heat, but I like the fact that at the Hollywood Studios, there was a lot of fans going on. So it didn't, it didn't make things too hot. It wasn't too bad. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to do the Slinky Dog Dash. Uh, but the line was freaking ridiculous. Like when we got there, it was already like a two-hour waiting line, and I was like, "This is crazy." And it's not a pretty, it's not a fast ride, it's not an extreme ride, but I wanted to do it because it was pretty cool. It was fun. Oh, sorry. And back at Magic Kingdom, I have to give it up to my daughter. She and I went on the Goofy Flight School ride and just had a blast. And she actually did it four times. It was pretty fun. And um, she had she had a ball. She she conquered a fear of hers because she would want me to hold her eyes, and then we would go and do the ride. And then by the fourth time, I like halfway through the ride, I would just let her go, and she would just scream her head off. And she had a blast, so that was good. Um, let's see what else happened in Hollywood Studios. So back to Hollywood Studios. Um, 
the girls, my daughters, got to dance at, dance at this uh, DJ studio thing. I forgot what it's called. But they had a blast there. Um, I thought it was a little bit racist when they said that, oh, let's go do the hula. And they're going like this. And it, it kind of got under my skin, but it wasn't too bad. It was, it was pretty it was pretty. I was okay. I let him go with that. Almost met him outside. But no, 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 whatever. The DJ was was good. He was fun. He brought out a lot of the characters, Vampirina, Doc McStuffins. But the Timon, that's why they did the hula dance. The best part was watching my second daughter, Lanai. Her eyes just lit up. Just lit up so big when she saw Mickey Mouse come on stage. She was like dancing, dancing. As soon as Mickey Mouse came out, she just was like, <gasps> Like, her little heart was just, like, the biggest superstar she's ever seen. She starts, she's, like, freaking out. Um, and then she just screams, yeah! So that was pretty cool. I loved when that happened. Um, Epcot, we did the Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. That was the first ride we went on. And let me tell you, we just got off the Skylift, Skyline, or whatever, and it was already a two-hour wait ridiculous and we we just did it we had to do it it was something we needed to do and this ride was awesome too so it made us it made us feel like rats <laughs> um it was everything was spinning simultaneously like it wasn't a tr it wasn't like a connected ride it kind of just broke off and did its own thing which i thought was pretty cool um my daughters got to see princess anna and queen elsa which which was pretty cool i thought they would do a little bit more interactive talking you know as actors they're you know talking with the kids and stuff but it was more so along the lines of them following a script um which is okay but the but my girls didn't mind i mean we did because we're parents we're adults but the girls were just excited to see these these uh disney princesses and queen come to life you know and take pictures with them and whatever so they had a blast there uh, we got to see uh, Forever, oh, Forever, Frozen Ever After. That was a fun ride. That was a nice, it was like a little water Viking ship ride or whatever. That was cool. Uh, my girls loved watching Olaf. Um, and overall, we liked seeing the different cultures. We liked walking around, you know, experiencing different atmosphere, China, uh, Morocco, all these different places. The taiko drummers that came out when we went to the Japan uh, exhibit part. But one question I have is... Uh, why don't they have Russia? Anybody? Russia, anyone? Uh, you know, whatever happened to Disney's Anastasia? What about Rasputin? When was Rasputin? I was looking forward to that. In fact, what happened to Bartok? Bartok, I'm a huge Bartok fan. <laughs> I, uh, I, I give a ha and a ha-ya and then I kick her, sir. <laughs> I was like, what happened to Russia, man? Why'd you put them out? They're not, they, you know, you guys had Anastasia back in the 90s. Why can't you put them in Epcot? <sighs> Some things I just don't know. Uh, anyways, and the best part I thought of the Disney World experience was actually going to Animal Kingdom. Uh, we got to do the Pandora ride. Um, <laughs> and at the end, they have like this, this huge avatar um character this navi character i think she's a priestess and she's like chanting and everything and my wife was like hey i think they're speaking chinese and i was like you gotta be kidding me Ni hao ma. Dai shoa. Tempura. 
E Honda. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Toyota. Godzilla. Gayaka. I was like, oh goodness gracious. But no, it was uh <laughs> It was it was cool. It was a, just a, it was just a slow ride to experience what Pandora was like, you know. And I thought it was a pretty cool ride. Um, then, of course, in the Animal Kingdom, we had to go to Africa. We went to go on the safari. We loved doing that. And one of the things I was I was wondering was like, okay, um, is there any? I was like, I wonder if there's any African refugees or people who leave Africa who bring their kids to Disney World. Their kids are born and raised in the States now. They're not from Africa. They have African bloodline, of course, but they're not from Africa. And they're like, oh, let's go to the African safari in Disney World. You imagine the trauma that father or mother must experience being like, oh, no, I cannot believe we're going back. And um, I just thought... I don't think I was I, if I don't think anybody from Africa would be working there. I was wrong. There are two African gentlemen who are cleaning the park. You know, I I'm not sure, but it sounded like they're speaking um an African language because I could hear them clicking. So I was like this is a dope language, but I did not expect this. Like this is like legit legit Africa, Africa. <laughs> so they brought the truth, the true experience over. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ride the Mount Everest ride. I was so down for it. I was pumped. Unfortunately, it was closed. So thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you for not letting me do that. I appreciate it. Um, and like, and like I said, we did go see the safari. We got to go on the go and watch the animals on this part. My girls loved it as well. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. You could literally just the truck would just drive through. Animals are walking around. You were in their habitat, in their world. They weren't. Most of them weren't behind fences, so that was pretty cool. We got to see uh, giraffes, wildebeest, springbok. I think what they're called. Um, wild dogs. They were sleeping. We got to see rhinos, we got to see elephants, um, and we got to see cheetahs, that was pretty cool, hippos, um, I think they're crocodiles or alligators, I don't know which one, um, one of the alligators literally had his nub on, he got his foot bit off, I was like, yo, this dude, this dude is legit. This is a legit exhibit. Like this, this thing has like three feet, legit, like literally has three feet. And, um, it was just cool to see like scars on it and whatever. I know it's not a cool, cool thing, but it was pretty cool to me. Uh, so we got to see that. What else did we get to do? We got to do that. And, um, <laughs> I thought the rhinos were the coolest things. Okay. So, oh, rhinos and the lions okay so when the lion when we rode past the lions that just made my world man that was so cool my daughters were like wow dad lions real lions just chilling hanging out on pride rock doing what they do um but here let me let me give you my perspective on this whole safari thing okay i was freaking out a little bit okay because i was i was just my 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 senses were high because i'm looking left I'm looking right, left, and right, because we're going through, we're, now, first off, I know there's no fences. I see predators, I see prey, I see cliffs, I see, you know, I see parts where I'm like, okay, if I was a legit predator cat, I'd be hiding in the bushes. 
right where the cliff is, and I'd be aiming for the trucks. If I was a cat, I would be like, oh, 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 you're just going to be a buffet into my territory? And you expect me to just sit here and chill on this rock? Oh, son, we about to hit you. We about to get you. And I'm, I would, if I, I would be hiding in the bushes, like target practice, be like aiming for this bus and just jump. And so my head was on a swivel while I'm trying to enjoy this thing. And I'm just like, okay, okay, I see. I, okay, yeah, here we go. I see giraffes. Okay, so like my side of my eyes, like I see giraffes. I see, uh, I see wildebeest. And, and I see, okay, I see rhinos. I see rhinos. Yo, I thought a horse's ass was was big a rhino's ass is gigantic yo and it has to be the hardest ass in the world because it looks like a the tank like it looks like a shell on top of this creature this rhino's ass is gigantic like it took half the bus i was like geez louise this thing is huge and the way they were running it was so cool they had a little baby there it was awesome um, because <laughs> my wife says I have a horse ass. So when she was like, "Oh, babe, look at that ass," I was like, "Good lord, that thing is humongous! Imagine wiping that ass. Thing is gigantic. Just, just wide. Just, just trailer wide, yo. Just, just double king size wide, yo. And <laughs> but anyways, so we did that, and then um, after the ride was done, my girls were happy. We we're all excited. And then I actually ran into um, this uh, other Polynesian dude, huge dude. You know, he had he had some freaking hairy ass knuckles, gigantic forearms. Um, he was eating a banana, and he told me to scratch his silverback. So, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was a we. we <laughs> this silverback was gigantic everybody like huge on his all fours he intimidated me and he was like 30 feet away from me 30 40 feet away from me he was gigantic and then but what messed up the whole thing was that my kids were like oh there's dad there's dad over there mom look it's daddy i was like you really girls really that's how you're gonna treat me wow but I guess they have a good sense of humor. I enjoyed it. I laughed. But that thing was cool to look at. Had a wonderful, wonderful time. But yes, uh, so that was our experience there. Um, let's see. Yeah, so we got to see the Samoan gorilla, the uh, Hawaiian rhino ass. Uh, what else did we get to see? We got to see some some crazy cool creatures out there. It was just, it was fun. Lots and lots of walking. You know, when we sat down at the hotel, like, I've got bad feet as it is, okay? I'm 300-something pounds. My ankles are about, I don't know, they're, they're a couple inches wide. Like, my feet were exhausted. My knees were exhausted. My knees, my joints were just like, yo, we don't do this. We we didn't sign up for this. This is ridiculous. Don't ever do this again. In fact, you should have started training. You need to train to come to this, okay? You need to train before you come to Disney World and walk your happy ass all over the place. Don't ever do this again, okay? I, I took fish oils, omega-3s, whatever kind of joint medication I could have, bioastin, anything. Uh, TRT, whatever it was, I took it, okay? <laughs> I wanted to make sure my joints were okay and everything like that. Didn't help. Didn't help one goddamn bit because my feet were so sore 
Dude, you put my foot up for five seconds, I was asleep. That's it. All you had to do, if you wanted to take my wallet and take my money, in fact, if you wanted to just steal me and rip my clothes off and make me naked, leave me on the side of the road, put my feet up for five seconds. That's all you have to do. Don't hit me. Lay me down, put my feet up for five seconds, and I was out. I was just asleep. You could you could have stolen everything, keys, wallet, social security, bank account information, all would have been taken away. Just because I was walking so much, I was exhausted. And by the time we got to the hotel, our girls were knocked out. I put, I sat my ass down, put my feet up. I was out. I had my wife had to like get up, hurry up, get up. We gotta get these done. But it was a f- overall experience being there at Disney World. It was fun. I wish we had more days so that we could kind of s- spread things out, especially with the long lines. But overall, can't really complain too much. All right. So <laughs> after all of that, let's get into the next part called. It's news to me. All right. So because we went to the safari and we we fell in love with the lions, I kind of asked, you know, what was the biggest lion? Like, how big do these things get? You know, because I'm thinking they got to be at least a thousand pounds of just pure, aggressive anger and rage. And, oh, I was like, this has to be, there has to be a world record on this thing. So um, according to a a through z animals.com okay i asked the question what is the largest line ever recorded the largest line ever recorded was 690 pounds and was shot in south africa in 1936 so almost a 700 pound beast when i saw that i was like dang it was kind of a letdown you know what i mean like it was kind of a kind of a, a letdown because i was i was thinking at least eight, nine hundred pounds. Like that, around that, around that area would have been like crazy. I would have been like, yes, yes. But a six ninety, seven hundred, yeah, that's a C plus, C C plus at best. It's still a big ass animal. Like still, I still won't stand my ground and fight this thing. But yeah, six hundred ninety pounds. And so my next question, of course, because I'm interested, was like, okay, so this guy—it's a lion, right? When you think of a lion, you think of this has to be the king of the jungle, right? King of the jungle has to have the most vicious bite grip in the world, must be able to just tear things apart. Well, 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 let's look at this. So according to www.fieldstream.com, 10 most powerful animal bites on the planet, let's rank the lion. Here's what it has to say. The lions have a bite force of only only 650 psi pounds per square inch which is not much stronger than the hardest biting domestic dog the english mastiff which has which has a bite of 550 psi either creature can bite you and kill you let me put it that way but i think it's i was like of course another letdown i was like man not even in the thousands not even cold not even so it weighs just as much as it bites pretty much 650 690 it's not not that much of a difference so i'm like man this kind of another letdown kind of sad so i'm like okay man okay what's what's the lineup let me see what well let me see what the lineup is let me just try and figure out what what number these these uh the a lion is on the scale of one to ten top ten guess what number they are people <laughs> they're number ten i thought he was the king of the i thought his bite would be crazy i thought he would be uh you know number four or five at the worst it's less powerful than a grizzly bear a grizzly bear's bite teeth 
bite strength is 975 psi. Okay, they're number ten. Number seven is the hyena, the spotted hyena. A hyena really has a stronger bite than a lion. Crazy. And then a grizzly bear. I okay. So when you tell me who do you think would who do you think has the better bite, a hyena, a grizzly, or a lion? Number one, I would have been lion. Wrong. Lion is last. Grizzly bear comes before that. Hyena comes before that. Ridiculous. Um, polar bear is number six. A gorilla. A gorilla. So the Polynesian dude in the in the jungle, the silverback I was talking to, has a stronger bite than them with a thirteen hundred psi bite. And above them is a jaguar. Number four. Number three. A hippopotamus. A hippopotamus has a bite force of. 1800 psi so you're telling me that if a hippo attacked a lion it could probably kill the lion in its mouth you know how crazy that is 1800 psi number two great white shark that was that's inevitable 4000 psi good lord and then number one the saltwater crocodile king of the water king of the bite force wait that doesn't make any sense 3,700 PSI and a white shark, a great white shark has 4,000 PSI. That doesn't make any sense. This list is messed up. Well, we just debunked the, the, we just debunked both of these. Why is it number one? Well, I'm not going to read it. So I don't understand why they have it uh, different on these ones. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they read it wrong. I don't know. But anyways, that's what, according to that list. So there you have it. All right. So now. All right. And one more thing. I wanted to know how big is Disney World in total? How much land mass does it cover? So according to ARESTravel.com, ARESTravel.com, Disney World Resort can fit Disneyland Resort in itself 53 times with a total area of 27,000 acres, um, making Walt Disney World Resort the largest theme park in the world. And of course, it talks about the four theme parks Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Epcot, and Animal Kingdom cover approximately 950 acres with the largest single theme park in the world, Disney's Animal Kingdom, measuring in at 405 acres. So there you have it, people. Now you have useless knowledge. But I hope it's I hope it's interesting for you. So giving you the perspective of maybe I should do some marathon walking around my neighborhood before I decide to go to Disney World because you're talking about almost 1,000 acres of, of land that you need to to travel through walk through okay granted you catch buses for most of them but the parks alone ridiculous okay all righty ready now let's get to it the last part of my podcast which is this bad boy right here thought bucket time thought bucket time all right all right all right here we go oh that's a long that's a heavy one let me grab something small okie dokie all right. Oh, sorry, I had that one already. Jeez, Louise. Really got to remember to take these things out. Oh, come on, not a long one. Nope, not taking that one. That's too long. Come on, give me a good one. Okay, here we go. Got it. 
like I said, these are my thoughts written down. I just throw whatever questions I may have, throw it in this bucket. But if you guys have questions for me, just toss it this way. Okay, two questions. How do I show love and how do I receive love? So for you folks out there, how do you show love and how do you receive love? Uh, for me, I show love by, uh, by the work I do. Um, I guess that's how I express it. Um, you know, I might, I might do chores around the house. I might, um, try and make my wife feel special, leave a note on the mirror, use a dry erase board, um, stuff like that. Like, I, I just feel like that's kind of how I show love. I, I do things without being told. Um, I try to, um, work more, make, make my house cleaner, do things that my wife wouldn't expect, I guess in a way like, um, for example, like if there's a pile of clothes, my wife's not around, I do the laundry, I fold the clothes, I put them away. Um, or there's like, or the garage is a little messy. I clean the garage out. I do things like that. Cause for me, I like cleaning. Um, I like keeping things clean. I like making things neat and whatnot. So that's helpful. Um, but at the same time, like I also, I know that I need to, because the, the way my wife receives love is very different from the way I show it. Yeah. Um, how I receive love, um, just by the small stuff, just by being respectful manners, um, a hug, an embrace, um, a respect, respect and an embrace. I think that's how I receive love. Like, uh, when my wife gives me hugs, I love it. When my wife holds me at night, I love that stuff. Um, we don't have to be, you know, intimate like we don't i mean it's of course of course to be intimate but we don't have to be having intercourse or anything like that to show love it's just hold me you know laugh with me talk with me you know granted i fall asleep a lot it's just my sleep apnea but i i, I those are the things that how i feel i receive love and how i give love okay so let me ask you guys that question too how do you show love how do you receive love you know, and, and if you're if you're ever interested in learning more about love and how you and your partner um, have different have uh, different love languages, look up this book. It's called The Five Love Languages. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard that it's helped a lot of people. Definitely need to do that for myself. But anyways, thank you folks for tuning in for this another episode, this another podcast episode, A Hawaiian. I am your host, Kalei 2K. Follow me on all social media platforms. Look me up. Just type in Kalei 2K um and see what else comes up next but i appreciate it love you guys thank you guys for tuning in and look forward to seeing my questions online and answer them comment back um i like to share them as you guys know so anyways uh let me see anything else nope that's pretty much it all right everybody take care god bless remember spread aloha not hate all right take it easy everybody aloha <laughs>